1: Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. I hope you're all doing okay. Um, Everything seems to be moving in the right direction and uh, seeing more smiles on the faces of people, which is nice. Today's episode is going to put a big smile on your face. I sit down with Tosca Jackson. Uh, Tosca, uh, if you're unaware, was... Vital in the uh, setting up of KISS FM way back in the day. Um, Tosca's recently launched an incredible new app um, that would literally change the way that you listen to music. Um, and we discussed that on this episode. Um, before we get on with that episode, a few thank yous. Uh, I'd like to thank um, Scribius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. I would like to thank 76 for producing this podcast. And again, as ever, I want to thank you lot for continuing to support Off The beaten Track and, yeah, just being bloody nice. Um, Also, if this is your first time listening, then when you get to the end of this episode, go and explore the back catalogue. I was actually flicking through there the other day, and this sounds like I'm blowing smoke up my own arse here, but I just flicked through it and I was like, oh, God, I forgot I spoke to him. I forgot I spoke to her. And... There's a really good back catalogue now. There's there's over three hundred episodes and some of your favourite musicians, comedians, actors, DJs, they're they're all in there. So so go and get stuck in. Go and have a little um root around and see what you can find. Because there's some tidy little chats on there. Um This chat's about fifty minutes long, but I felt when I finished that this chat should have been two hours 50 minutes three hours 50 minutes um there was so much more i wanted to ask Tosca, to the point that when we finished we called him. i said look can you come back on because um, we didn't have the time on the day to, to 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 sort of really stretch out the chat um but the stuff that you're going to hear on here is just fascinating and and i'd just love to to have him back on and so afterwards we we had the chat and i was like look can you come back on? Because I want to dig even deeper on, on, on some of the things that you said. And, and he's like, yeah, cool. So um, you can expect a, a further uh, episode with Tosca because he's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Um, right. Well, I keep telling you how fascinating he is. Find out for yourself. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with the wonderful Tosca Jackson. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So, one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. and I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to Get involved with competitions with us to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Stu Whipping. Hey. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Well
2: nice to meet you. I've been um trying to get in on the wrong link. Right. We're I
1: mean, here now. I've, We're here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here, I'm here, I'm
2: here. And how are you?
1: I'm alright, thank you, mate. Yeah, I can't I can't complain. It's uh, it's a little bit drizzly out here. I'm uh, I'm I'm in Essex. Whereabouts are you right now?
2: I'm West London.
1: Nice, nice. West London. I live in
2: I live in Shepherd's Bush if I'm talking to I wanna be down with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Olympia if it's someone more official and if I want to be totally flash I live in Holland Park
1: <laughs> lovely do you know what I was going to say I'm going to press record now but I'm recording already I'm going to keep that inks, I love that I love that yeah. so the listeners kid... can work out who you're trying to be today yeah
2: yeah my, my kids just can't deal with the fact that I live in You know, I might live in Holland Park so it's fucking good you know what I mean? we're down you know what I mean? oh That's brilliant really... That's what really needs to happen.
1: Okay, Tosca, I always start this podcast with track one, and I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please.
2: Well, it's Girl, You Need a Change of Mind by the Brooklyn Express. I'm a soul boy, and the soul boys kind of – they come from Essex, you know what I mean? So they do. As a kid, like, yeah, that's, you know, we, we had our stilettos. Well, we didn't have our stilettos. Our women had our stilettos, and we had some fancy spats and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I'm a soul boy. And the record was originally done by one of the Ruffins, I think it was David Ruffin, and Brooklyn Express did a version in nineteen eighty two and I you know, I literally used to wet myself listening to it. I split the intro over and over and over and over again. Do you know what I mean? I
1: think it might have cost me my first relationship. <laughs> <laughs> did you um did you used to venture down to Essex? Did you go to the gold mine?
2: Yeah, the gold mine in Canby Island. I went there. Um the sea battling against the uh, against the front door. Um yeah, my first my first girlfriend was slightly older than me, she drove, she had like a little fiesta. Yeah. And we used to go down there and Chris Hill was, you know, and it was really interesting because he I remember him saying that, you know, this record won't sound no good because I wasn't singing on it. You know, it's a single over records. And he was right. Yes. <laughs> it, it was right. There was one record I can always remember he's sing at um ten percent by double exposure. Sounded a lot better when he was singing over it. <laughs> which yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I was born in Forest Gate, so which was, you know, a, a, a province of Essex. Yeah. is um yeah. a bit of a study of the county borders and unchuved underground chains which is slightly.
1: Well, while we're talking formative years, let's 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 get into the uh, the, the the more serious records. And, and and for track two, I'm going to yeah. ask you the song that you, that you remember first having an emotional impact on you. Please, right? Okay,
2: yeah, and yeah, and it's really kind of quite strange. But every time I hear this is Arthur's theme by Christopher Cross, and I suppose that the, the essence of growing up in the seventies and eighties was, and it's not what I consider now is that. It's a bit like pick and mix, right? I can like Vivaldi, you know what I mean? I can like Lupin Vandross. I can like, you know, Linkin Park if I want to. Mm. But very much when I was growing up, you kind of set, you know, I was a black kid lived growing up in the East End. I listened to reggae, (laughs) Jennifer Egan, Dennis Brown, all that sort of stuff, a little bit of my soul roots and the rest of it. But, you know, I could listen to come on, feel the noise by, uh, by uh, you know, by Slade, and think, myself, so, Noddy, I've just got an incredible voice. Oh, ridiculous. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I could sort of listen to Jim Lee's bass line, but I couldn't really own it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't really own it. wasn't really... And I wasn't, I wasn't going to go into, you know, <laughs> into a comprehensive and strap and say, you know, this isn't a Slade. <laughs> you know, quite, <laughs> you know, the melody, the thing they got going there, you know, I've mean, ran out of school. So... <laughs> And But with Arthur's theme, I mean, we got to see the film and it was a really a, a feel-good film and, you know, and it was kind of like everything seemed okay. Do you know what I mean? Like it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, you could be, you know, arguments with family and siblings and that song came on. Everything seemed to be kind of okay. And he was really, he was horrible looking. Mm. And, <laughs> you know, he had like mad kind of curly hair and he was overweight and he wasn't what you'd expect a pop star to be mm. but the song was kind of a real kind of smash and what I like about that song is that I'm always transported back to that time you know and the beauty of music for me is that kind of emotional communication and the fact that it always plays the same do you know what yeah. I mean, you put it on, and it's always the same. it's always the same, and that for me was yeah, okay, wow, yeah, I've really got that from that song
1: and what was the emotion The emotion was that it can be all right, yeah you know what I mean? yeah it's
2: can you know I kind of think to myself that a lot of my kind of uh, a lot of my life growing up was was kind of filled with terror, you yeah. know what I mean, and I don't mean it in that way, it was kind of like is it going to be okay for me? You know, I grew up in, you know, in a time where, you know, there were sus laws and, you know, and, and black people didn't really come to the front. I'd never kind of seen someone, yeah. you know, the football club, which was two miles away from my house, you know, one of the first black players, Clyde Best, and I love my football. You know, the front bananas there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, in his book that he book the... That he came out a couple of years ago, the acid test. People want to throw acid on him, so it was kind of okay. You know, I watched this film, and the bloke's an alcoholic, and he's lost all his money, and this and that. And it was kind of, you know, it can be okay. You know, it, life doesn't have to be um, doesn't have to be a facsimile of what I, you know, of how I feel about it. You know, feelings aren't necessarily facts. They're kind of, you know, and it and it can be okay for me.
1: You know, and it's and it's proved that way. Yeah. It's kind of proved that way. He, uh, I, I think like people always kind of throw that song in. Whenever you see these lists of, like, greatest one-it-wonders ever. He had a few, though, didn't he? Did, did, he yeah, did he do Ride Like the Wind? Yeah, Ride Like the Wind. He
2: did Sailing. Um, yeah, he kind of had, I mean, I, I, was, I was in the West End just before lockdown and walked along and he was doing a gig at, you know, at London Palladium. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, he, he, he had a career, and once you write songs like that, yeah. which were pretty remarkable songs, yeah. I think. I think Arthur Lee might have won an Oscar. Definitely yeah. won six or seven Grammys. It was yeah. It was yeah. It, it was. It was kind of it. You know, and there's, and I suppose that around about that time, that kind of singer songwriter, you know, whether it be um, Dean Friedman, whether it be uh, which we didn't really in the community that I was in which is soul community yeah. I never really kind of got that okay I'm just going to write a song yeah. do you know what I mean yeah I'm just going to and you know uh, you know obviously there's Marvin and Stevie and the rest of it but they're careerists you know yeah. what I mean they are you know people that have you know have done the hard graft and that sort of stuff but with with Christopher Cross he, you know you're looking at him you think well he we didn't have a lot going on. <laughs> 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 But, you know, he could write a great song. Absolutely. Know, and
1: and, and yeah. I think maybe some of the, 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 the sort of recent love for him is, I, I guess he's been uh, kind of thrown in with the, the, the Yacht Rock gang because uh, it, it's yeah. kind of, I think like Ride Like the Wind and stuff like that, it's very much in that kind of, uh, how you'd even describe what Yacht Rock is, I don't know. It's, uh, but it's glorious. And, and I definitely yeah, think is. them songs kind of, you know, would definitely find yeah. their way into one of them Yacht Rock playlists.
2: Yeah, and I, and I think it's it kind of reminds people of a time and place that <clears throat> you know <clears throat> I tend to think that people that are you know around about the fifties, mid fifties, older, and the rest of it, it's really kind of relevant. Yeah, you know, and and we think about you know the charts really were only twenty years old at that time. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it you know, and it became. Like the soundtrack to, you know, Top of the Pops was really important. You know, music had taken on a whole new kind of... It was really kind of part, part of popular culture. And I think that we're always... You know, uh, if I was having a conversation with someone before I came online and someone was talking about, you know, the fact that you could do, you know, a, just a pure a pure station just to fitness. Just for people in their fifties, yeah, kind of going back just from the eighties and the rest of it, and how rich and the depth and breadth of music was at that particular time, you know. Absolutely. he was a real craft. He was a, you know he's a real craftsman, and that sort of record will stand the test of time. They'll play that record, you know, in in fifty years time.
1: Hundred percent. I mean, while while we're talking top of the pops and and you know that that kind of introduction to to, to music, it seems fitting that. Uh, for track three, I'm going to ask you for the song that reminds you of your time at school, please.
2: And that's it. I think it's Mr. Bojangles, right? Isn't yeah. Is that Mr. Bojangles? Yeah. So it, it's kind of like everybody, I suppose, I grew up in an era where, you know, immigrant parents and, um, you know, our front room was like a haven. You never went there. It's still the same my mum's house. <laughs> 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 yeah. You, know, you can't go in my mum's front room. It's kind of like, it's still kind of clinking on the sofa. And, bar, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and on a Sunday, we could listen to music. On a Sunday, we'd go in there and we'd listen to music. My dad used to give me five P for every dance that I did, you know, so I got my pocket money. And Mr. Bojangles was, was one of the, Mr. Bojangles was kind of 74, 75. I was still at primary school and um, yeah, started primary school. So it was kind of a record that me, that, you know, kids I went to school, black kids I went to school with instructor David, David Finley, Milton Dyer, Francis Pierre-Louis, people, you know, that it, it gave us some sort of connection. You know what I mean? At home, because we weren't listening to that at school on the radio. It was kind of old. And every home had a thousand volts a hole. Yeah. Every <laughs> black, Home had the harder they come, and a thousand volts a hold, and they had two thousand volts a hold, yeah. and it was, you know, and it, it was that it was that record that we could all kind of, yeah, in the playground we were all kind of nod our heads saying, yeah, we, you know, we're part of the game, You know, mum and dad haven't got 1, a thousand volts to hold, you know, and it was, yeah, and when every time I hear it, it does take me back to the playground. It takes me back to, you know, and and you know, and with the advent of Facebook and social media. Some of those guys, you know, I I'm back in touch with, yeah, you know, and if right. I put, and if you know, if I if I, if I wrote a thousand volts a hole as a Facebook page, you know, I'm sure that yeah, a thousand people would get in touch about their experience of that record yeah. because it, yeah, it's that sweet, you know, melodic reggae, you know, that wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't Susan Cadogan you know, hurt so good. And it wasn't Janet Kaye. And it wasn't that. It was kind of just a little bit under the radar and gave us kind of nodding rights. You know what I mean? We could all kind of, yeah, yeah, I know that one. You know, so, you know, and it's a great song. (laughs) It's a great standard song. It's a great...
3: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Think so. Did you have any idea what you wanted to do when you was at school? Um.
2: Yeah, I even wanted to play football or sleep all day. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's what I did. Actually, I think mean, that's what I did. I kind of played football and slept all day. Yeah. Um, no, I. Yeah, I, I. No, I didn't. I didn't have any idea about what it is I wanted to do. Um, and it's. Um, yeah, when I look back at it, no, I didn't. You know, I stumbled into the kind of work that I ended up doing, and. Um, and it was okay. I, you know, I. I I didn't have any ambition. So, if you haven't got any ambition, it's kind of like anything up from that kind of a position is is a result. Is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just wanted to eat, you know what I mean? And that, <laughs> you know, and some days I did that and other days I didn't do that. Yeah. You know, it was, um, yeah, it was kind of, that's how it was really. But music, but it was always, it was always music and sport. It was yeah. always, that was the kind of thing that kept me yeah
1: that kind of nourish, it's you know it's, I mean? it's so weird it's like I, i've i've recorded over 300 of these now and the amount of musicians or people that of producers or DJs that i've spoke to and i've said what did you want to be at school and it was like i either wanted to be in a band or i wanted to play football and it's just <laughs> like now when you think there's got to be something in that mindset because fundamentally they're two of the most difficult industries to reach success in. The most competitive industries, both of them are so cutthroat. And and with that, I'm gonna ask you two questions. Would you say, you know, in, in, in the field of work that you've you know, that you've worked in and achieved success in, would you say you're confident?
2: Um, yeah, I think I think it's about your thinking. I think it's about your thinking. I think that, you know, um, with Kiss, which we kind of started, you know, like 84, 85, and it, it was... It's because of the time, you know. There was four radio only four kind of radio stations. There was, you know, Radio London and Capital were playing some kind of black music. Peter Powell did a show on Radio One where he had a DJ on every hour on a Monday to play some sort of black music. So, you know, and I also think that people won't. <laughs> some people won't like me for saying this, but Margaret Thatcher kind of created an environment where. It, you know, it was kind of okay to kind of look beyond yourself, look beyond what it might be and what it wasn't. And I think that Kiss was just an opportunity that was, that everybody saw, do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, you know, it's clear every single weekend, you know, there's people going to these clubs, listening to this sort of music, and it just wasn't represented. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think I was really confident in respect of that. Kiss was formed out of, London Greek Radio, LGR, George Powell. He kind of put the money up for Kiss. And that happened because he started a Greek station, which was the first Greek station to get, as the first London-wide station to get a licence when, you know, Ofcom created, you know, the licences, which Kiss, Jazz FM, Choice and all those stations. He was the first one to get it. So he started that as a pirate. And we kind of, you know, it was kind of, it was just right for it. It's... You know, it was like, yeah, it was kind of, It's, it's a bit obvious. It was a bit, it was a bit obvious. And, and at, you know, at the time I was a teenager and I suppose that uh, I didn't have, re- I didn't really have a lot to lose. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was kind of like, okay, let's, you know, and, and you got the enthusiasm of being a teenager. So it's kind of like, okay, let's do this. And, you know, your ego gets involved and, you know, and then you know, and, and and people take to it. So,
1: what about drive? The idea, was that drive? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think that um that came out of necessity.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, it came out of necessity. I think that, um and also, you not know, Stu. I just think that there's kind of stars aligned, and there was an opportunity. You no, know, it's a bit like you know. It, if I was making electric cars like ten years ago, so I would be able to clean up. You know what I mean? It yeah. Just if you think that way, if your whole life is getting up in the morning and playing music and thinking about music and that sort of stuff, and you know, and I, I started DJing at that time, you sort of think, well, you know, how can we get uh, a bigger audience? How can yeah. there be a wider audience to that? And I think that it wasn't rocket science. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't rocket science. I do believe though that. We come from a generation, because of, you know, the impact of what happened politically and the rest of it, we come from a society of doers. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think to myself, yeah, and I think to myself that when my dad was, you know, 45, he was, you know, wearing a jumper and a tie and sitting on a sofa. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something like, <laughs> like something that I couldn't imagine people doing these days. So yeah. society changed, you know, I think opportunity came with society changing. And people were driven because they, it was there. It was kind of, you know, and you could jib the tube fare for 10p as well. It's always bad. You know You didn't have all these barriers. And that's like, like, that's kind of the, you know, if I was to, uh, yeah, you, yeah, definitely you could jib the tube fare so you could get around. So that was kind of like, I've gone at with mate.
1: Well, I imagine one of the places you'd be bunking the fare to was the record shop and so... Yes,
2: yeah, 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 we, yeah, it's, the the record shop was mecca, and you went there, and, you know, and you saw those people, you know, like, those bigger people, like Pete Tong, and, you know, and Chris Hill, and, you know, Martin Collins used to work in the groove, and that sort of stuff, and people would play a record, you'd work out, if you had enough money to buy it, you know, and all of that stuff, and, you know, it was kind of, you'd go from whether it was Groove, down to Uptown, down to Black Market, city sounds, you know, trying to find something, and it was, you know, and it was kind of, yeah, you used the word drive, and there was, there was a lot of drive, and there was, you know, and I do think that I had a connection with it at a certain point, and wasn't kind of healthy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I do think that, you know, it it definitely cost me my first marriage, but that's another
1: story. Well, (laughs) <laughs> We've uh, record shops in mind. <laughs> well, uh, that's moving swiftly on, what was, uh, what was the first uh, record you remember buying from a record shop, Tosca? I
2: remember buying The Wonder Review by Elvis Presley when I was five years of age. Okay. And it was, and it was from Keddy's. Keddy's? Yeah. In, yeah, Keddy's in Stratford.
1: I did yes, not know I, that was a chain. We have one in South End. I did not know the Keddies was a chain. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
2: Keddies. <laughs> and I remember playing it, and, yeah, and I remember thinking, this is just a great song. Yeah. yeah. I think it cost me like 20 pence or something, and it was just great. And, you know, and I used to stand there with my mum's – this would be an anti person called Mum. Yeah. a rolled on, and I used to stand on the sofa, you know, doing my rendition because – I think it's i think it's like a lion bird I think it starts with a clapping. yeah you know so that yeah and it was just a great song and, uh, and at that at that particular time I'd been five or whatever yeah you know it wasn't really about you know genre or whatever it was about what moved me yeah, and I think cool. it's about two minutes 46 seconds mm. it's a perfect length for a song because after that you just play it again
1: yeah
2: <laughs> it's not it's not enough you've got to play it again yeah. you've got to play it again. yeah so yeah
1: well I want to move on to track six, because this is the one that, um, track five, sorry, this is the one that I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to know more about as well, um, because I'm sure there's many, many, many records to choose from here. Um, but I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me the song that soundtracked your years clubbing.
2: You Can't hide From Yourself. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, and it's kind of, you know, in a game. <sighs> the thing about... Teddy Pendergrass. The thing about, it it was synonymous with my family. You know, my mum used to go and see him, used to do shows at the Apollo. It was very much... I suppose in those days, an artist like Teddy would play for black people. Mm. You know what I mean? It was like a black artist played play for black people. You fast forward that 30 years later and you're listening to someone like Kenya, the whole audience
1: are white. It's it's so weird, though, because, like, I'm 48, and so I kind of my sort of years of like being 14, 15 was, was like, was, was the, you know, my first gigs was like Cameo, Van Dross, Alexander O'Neill. It was, it was that kind of era. And, and we'd, you know, when we go like record shopping, we'd hear about Teddy Pendergrass, but our knowledge of Teddy Pendergrass was Lenny Henry's pastiche of, of uh, Theodopolis, whatever his name was. Uh, and, And that was like, and it was only when I watched, the, oh, the top Fucking hell, how good's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. like I mean, what a story! I had no idea. Like, I I didn't know he was in Harold Melvin. Uh, I, didn't, yeah, I had no yeah. idea about that. Like, and obviously, I was yeah, very familiar yeah. with all of their records. I didn't know Teddy yeah. Pendergrass was in. The, was the vocalist? Like, just yeah, crazy. Yeah. he
2: was. He was. He was the man. And it was. And what I think that you know, not, and and why I talk about Teddy in respect of that. Yeah, is that I could go to someone like Legends, which was kind of like more upmarket, and you know, and there was a, more of a white crowd in there, and I could go to a black club like Kisses or that sort of stuff, or the Bouncing Ball, the Electric, and you'd hear it across all of that. Yeah, you'd hear it across all of that, and you know, and and it was, you know, you can't argue yourself, you know, it's an impossibility. Do you know what I mean? And to be dancing to that, as you know, and it was. Yeah, and it's just you know, uh, gamble and huff, you know, great bass line, Do you know what I mean? You just get lost in the song, and it, and even to this day, we do we do a club here in London called Forty Something Disco, which was Tatler's Club of the Year a couple of years ago, and it's we we play it now and people would with delight. It's yeah. kind of like it's you know, it's kind of okay. It's low down, it's dirty, and it's kind of like okay, I want to get into this. Yeah, and he's such a great vocalist. Yeah. You know, so whether it's a dance track like that or Wake Up Everybody or Turn Off The Lights, Yeah. you know what I mean? You know, it's kind of like, okay. And that's, you know, what, he, he, what you're seeing a documentary, most of his hits were that Turn Off The Lights or Wake Up Everybody it was big. But they were kind of the ballads. Mm. But he, you know, he could storm a dance track. Yeah. Absolutely storm it. And yeah. so for me, yeah, that's, I hear that and I think, well, okay. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's it, and it takes me back to the, It takes me back to those places. It takes me back to legends, you know. And it takes me back to the electric. It takes me back to all of those sorts of places where. And it's just got embassy. The embassy, you know, even in clubs like that, they would, you know, everyone would, you know, if you want to get wag on a Friday, if you want to get, you know, you want to get it back, just stick off, But you can't hide yourself. Know I mean?
1: Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor, Eggfried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designers kind of weird sense of humor in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints. As well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting in the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and, again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. I'm going to take you back to uh, to London now um, <laughs> because for track six, Toscan, we're we'll ask you favourite song from an artist from your hometown, please.
2: Yeah, <laughs> London Town Night of the World. Lovely. Uh, um, yeah, great song, you know. Down through Trafalgar Square, up through Regent's Park, down through Trafalgar Square. And it is, you know, it's one of those songs that even now Robert Elms will play on you know, on Radio London. Um what's the other guy? There's a guy on Radio Two that used to play every now and again. You know, I'd be in a car with my mum and listen to Radio Two, think, Oh, okay and it's it's synonymous with London, yeah. you know, it's you know, like the world, you know I know uh, I know a few of the guys, Nat augustine, G Bello, who went on to have a bit of solo, did a bit of solo work in l a you know it's it 's london it's yes. kind of that 's where I come from it 's kind of my era, you know, and whether it be earlier stuff they did, like the boys in blue and the rest of it, but that was you know their biggest hit was I shot the sheriff, which was obviously the Eric Clapton, Bob Marley kind of cover, which um but London Town is the for It kind of nails it for me. You know, and even, I'm, I'm sure I saw top 500 songs on a radio station recently and it was number 13. You know, what I mean? and that, it doesn't surprise me. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, and when you think about it, you know, I'm London. I was walking across the embankment bridge the other day, you know, it sort of, clearly it's getting lighter and lighter. And it was about, you know, quarter to 10. I just looked along and I saw the, Phone box building, St Paul's, and there is no great town in London.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> absolutely. There, there is, and there isn't, and that's you know, and that's a nugget. It's kind of like a gem. And again, they'll be playing that in fifty years. You know, test testament to the song
1: Well, I'm not going to ask you the last track just yet um, because yeah. that last track is you know where where you get to influence and and and, and turn someone onto something new. Um, Ahead of that, I want to talk about your app.
2: Okay, yeah, Stack Radio Up.
1: Right, tell me about it.
2: Well, it's kind of like me and Max Wigram, a man that I know from nightclubs. He wasn't really a dancer; he sort of stood around because he's a bit of a gent, and <laughs> he didn't get hot and sweaty. But you know, we know each other a long time. Arsenal supporters went to the European Cup final, which we lost in 2006 together. You know, we knew each other from around the way, and he has been in art, and obviously i have done what i have done. You know, we got talking about, you know, what would it be like to put something in somebody's hands that were, you know, that, that kind of had all the elements of a radio station that we, you know, what be the elements of a radio station that we liked, and the elements of a radio station that we don't like. And I suppose, for me, it's kind of like, the idea of the idea of Spotify and the rest of them and Apple, and they're great, I kind of use all that stuff. But the idea of a long tail and determining what it is that I want yeah, by some sort of algorithm is it's kind of like, you know, I might have read, you know, recently I might have read um, something by Alistair Crowley. I don't want every single drug book in the world yeah. being, being shuffled down my throat. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like what I really want, what I really want is, is someone to do my thinking for me, right? That's really what I want. You know what I mean? And my thinking is, uh, and and with that comes a certain element of trust. It's got to be a certain element of certainty. So it, for me, it's not really what Pete Tong might play or, for example, Colin First just done some playlists for us, Rufus Wainwright's just done it. but it's not, it's kind of like, what do they listen to?
1: Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? It's kind of like, okay, what are your influences? What do you sit down with? And, you know, how do you, you know, I, I remember meeting a guy once and I met him for his sister we went around to see him and he was sitting in his flat listening to Tech Tech House, right, yeah? techno house, like just sitting there, they're like insane, and he'd never been to a club, <laughs> he'd never been to a tech house club, and he'd listen to Dave Clark and all these kind of like, really heavy duty, you know, mad yeah. house guys, and I was thinking, wow, you wouldn't believe it, it was a city boy, you know, drove a BMW, and went to work every day, but sat in his house, listening to that stuff, so you know, what his motivations are, I don't, know. and I suppose for us, with stack by having mixtapes from individuals who you might look up to, you might think, well, okay. And it's not really, it's more about, okay, what do you listen to? What kind of inspires you? And that's the kind of the segment of it, which is around personality. Yeah. So, you know, what, you know, what kind of drives you? Give me a chink in your armour, you know. And I think what music does on that level, it gives you a real opportunity to be authentic it gives you a real opportunity to be, you know, who you really are. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of, you know, I'm a black man who lives in West London with dreadlocks, do you know what I mean? I believe it or not, I don't smoke ganja all day long and bop me head to, <laughs> to you know, to <laughs> misty missing roots. Do you know what I mean? I don't, but if you <laughs> if you want to know about, you know, if you want to know about someone, have a conversation with them. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that's what we we try to do with with stack is have a conversation. So the people that are doing the mixtapes and the rest of it, and, you know, some of them are, are, are around the WAG club. So Chris Sullivan, who ran the WAG, it's kind of like what was synonymous to someone who was working at the WAG yeah. at that time that kind of motivated him. So it's kind of, it's a, a window. It's just a window into, you know, miscellaneous worlds. Yeah. And in respect of that, with the, with, with the kind of, we have fast, medium, slow, what we're saying to you is trust us.
1: Yeah.
2: Trust us, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, don't get into, you know, just press this button, yeah, and we'll give you great music. Yeah. yeah just press yeah. this button and we'll give you great. You don't have to sit there playing the same playlists. You know, the reason people run to the same playlist, they don't trust anything else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they've been listening to it over and over again. Oh, God. They know what's going to come and the rest of it. But with us, you know, for us, it's a bit like, we want to reverse that. We want to reverse the algorithm. We're going to turn around and say, look, you live busy lives and the rest of it. Just have a go at this. Just try this. You know, it's 2020 a year. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to bankrupt you. Yeah. But every now and again on a Sunday morning when you think, yourself, you know what, I'll listen to some music. Just press this button and, you know, and it'll introduce you to stuff that you remember from from years gone by but can't remember what the title was. Stuff that you might have heard once before and thought, oh, I really like that. But, you know, and we all live busy lives. So yeah. for us, the whole I, the idea of Stack is discussion certainty uncertainty. I'm going to hand it over to these guys for half an hour a day or whatever and see what they kind of come up with, see if I like it. And if I want to peek into someone in like Rufus Wainwright's Wayne, Wayne world, now what does motivate you? Yeah. You know he, he, you know, he might sit there listening to Pinky and Perky. I don't really know.
1: You know but, he doesn't. Yeah, and, 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 yeah well, I know. But, yeah, yeah. That would be incredible <laughs> if he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, it just
2: gives you... It kind of gives you the the sense of authenticity. Sure. You know what I mean? Kind of like, okay, we're not going to say, well, okay, well, we listened to Usher. Yeah. So clearly... You know, he must be into urban male vocalists. Yeah. So we're going to give him this, and we're going to give him that until we kind of press it on one. We're not kind of really into that. So I suppose it's the the anti Spotify. Yeah. That's what I kind of call
1: it. You know. It, yeah. It, so. it, it sounds amazing. And what I'll do um, as well as I'll, I'll link it on the bio to this episode as well, so people can literally go and go and explore it if they haven't already. Um, and while we talk tastemakers uh, and uh, and creating playlists and, and having a peek into someone's record collection to find out more about who they are. Um, the last track I'm going to ask you um, is a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear please.
2: Right okay that's Happy Heart by Andy Williams. Yeah. Yeah. I love the record.
1: Yeah.
2: I love the record and I, and I think that you now when I was a kid I, can't, I worked for CBS Records and um, and the guy that kind of worked with me, he kind of said to me, he, "I used to smoke loads of weed, so I don't really listen to him a lot." But <laughs> he sort of said to me, <laughs> "You know, I know producer Spencer Davis doing stuff like that. He used to tell me this sort of stuff I wasn't really listening." But he said, "You can't be a great melody, do you know what I mean? You can't be a great melody." And uh, what I love about this song is that uh, um, it doesn't really matter about the words. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really matter about the words. And I think at its best, music is emotional communication. Yeah. And it does take you to a place that, you know, you might not have been before you listened to yeah. it. And that's one of those songs that, you know, and also a, a bloke of, uh, a pal of mine, um, Andrew McDonald, who uh, produced and we were born on the same day. Um he used it as the outro for Shallow Grave, like his first kind of film mm. before 25, and it's just you know a remarkable piece of music as far as I'm concerned. Like you know he could have just sung, he could have sung two verses, two verses and a chorus, and just left it there, yeah. you know, and, and just and just let it roll out, and everyone would be you know, oh yeah, this is just a fantastic piece of music, and it's yeah, I mean I, whenever I'm feeling depressed. Which I have to say, is isn't that often. But <laughs> if I want to go back to, you know, a long, hot summer in the 70s, and I feel really kind of liberated, I will stick it on. You know, I'll drive around, stick it on, play it really, really loud. And it's, you know, it's... I mean, it is three minutes, that one. But three minutes maybe a little bit too long. But it, <laughs> it, it just takes you right back there. And, yeah, and, you know, and I love it. Beautiful,
1: Tosca. we put together a, a, a playlist? Um unfortunately not on your app it will be on okay. uh on, on your anti-app uh oh, okay. it, it will be on there so people can go and listen to all the songs that you've chosen today but okay. uh i will obviously add links to where people can go and explore your app yeah
2: and you know maybe you should give it to us as well maybe we should put it on there our...
1: let's do that let's do that that's, uh, yeah, that's a great that, yeah, idea. Yeah yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is it Well, look, it is. Let's, let's, let's not worry about the other one then, we're being exclusive yeah. <laughs> then, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do it over on yours. Well, yeah, 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 yeah let's do it, let's do it with us and, you know,
2: we'll, um, yeah, I, you know, I'd like that a lot.
1: Perfect. Tosca, thank you so much for your time.
2: it has been emotional, mate, and we'll speak
1: soon. There you go. Told you at the beginning, didn't I? How interesting is Tosca. Um, I'm going to drop him a text right now and, uh, and secure a date for uh, a return because there's so much. As, as you've just heard, he has done a lot in his life and it's been a very, very interesting life and there's just so much more to to dig into and, and I want to ask a lot of questions. So I will definitely be having Tosca back for a follow-up episode. In the meantime, go and have a look in the archives. 300 episodes. And if you want more... I have a Patreon and, uh, yeah, there's 300 episodes over there as well of radio shows and video episodes and all sorts. And that's 79p a month, just 79p a month. And uh, and by, yeah, signing up today, you support the podcast. And, uh, yeah, other than that, likes, loves, shares, retweets, all the usual stuff on the socials really helps. Word of mouth, that's good. If you just want to say uh, say to on one of your pals, have you heard this podcast? It's well all right. Then, uh, then do that. And yeah, um, enjoy the loosening of restrictions. Enjoy um, the sunshine that we seem to be having a little spell of at the moment. And uh, while well, I'm saying that as I'm recording this, I'm not 100% sure when this episode's coming out. So if it's pissing down outside your window, then uh, just take note that it was glorious and sunny when I recorded this. I'll see you next time. Be excellent to each other. Bye-bye. <laughs> off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces network, with me stew with him.